Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Three, two, one. When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer. Jim Calhoun, NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. Here we go. With the podcast in Swimming America, the Outdoor Sports Podcast presented by Betfred Sportsbook. It is Wednesday, April 26, 2023. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. And let me just say this. There is no circumstance ever where a Wednesday in April should be as jam-packed as today's episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Yet this is here we are. Here is what you need to know about today's show. We're going to open with the the NFL draft is 24 hours away. And the craziest of all crazy rumors has officially popped as the betting markets went crazy on Tuesday Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback, could he possibly go number one? We discussed that from all angles. It is a wild story. It speaks to how much fun draft season is, and we will discuss it in depth. From there, take a quick break. We will come back, and we got to talk about the other wild story in football over the last couple days. I guess Aaron Rodgers is the other wild story, but how about what's going on at Colorado? Deion Sanders, Coach Prime. They've had 22 players hit the transfer portal since the spring game. Not like since the end of the year. Since the spring game, 22 players, 45 or so players overall. Is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I'll tell you this. It is fascinating and will be fascinating to watch unfold. And then finally, we will wrap with a quick story out of Alabama basketball. More trouble for a player who was supposed to enroll at Alabama. He's in trouble. He will not enroll, but another just bad, bad, bad look for Nate Oates and his squad. But that said, though, let's get to the topic of the day and the topic of the day. uh, Look, it's, it's Wednesday. You know, we're 24 hours from draft from the NFL draft. And I'll just tell you this, you know, they, they say like, uh, recruiting season is silly season um you know coaching carousel season is silly season media day is talking season slash silly season no 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 there is only one official silly season in sports and it comes at the end of april every year as we inch closer and closer and closer to the nfl draft and what's crazy is this was the year that it it felt like things were certainly interesting but not very silly. They weren't as silly as they've been. Why do I say that? It's because basically for the last two weeks, we have known that Bryce Young is going to be the number one overall pick, right? Betting odds reflect that in the Betfred Sportsbook as of Tuesday morning or or Monday afternoon, I should say, he was minus 1,300, I believe, was the last number that I saw on Monday. He canceled last week all of his visits with anyone other than Carolina. And so I bring it up to say like, okay, 
Bryce Young's going number one. Now the interesting conversation becomes what happens at number two? Houston's on the clock. Do they take a quarterback? Well, C.J. Stroud, that S2 test is not looking good, a historically bad number. Do they take Will Levis? Do they go defense with the kid from Texas Tech, Wilson? Will Anderson from Alabama? Do they reach on Jalen Carter? Do they trade the pick to somebody who needs a quarterback? That was where I thought the draft was going to start. At least until Tuesday morning, when a crazy, crazy, crazy deal happened in the betting markets, and Will Levis... The quarterback from Kentucky went from, you know, I don't even know. I think it was plus 4,000 in some sports books all the way to plus 400 in many sports books with specifically at Betfred Sportsbook. I saw him get to plus 400 still behind Bryce Young, but clearly a lot of money coming in on Will Levis to which I say this. Is it possible that Will Levis could actually go number one overall in this draft? It is silly season. It is craziness. Let's discuss, but I'll just be blunt. I think it's a great story. I think it's fascinating. I think it makes for a compelling NFL draft. I feel more compelled than ever to watch the number one overall pick. But I do think, uh, one, we'll get into where the rumor came from. But while it makes for entertaining content for guys like me and girls in my business to discuss on a day like today, I don't really buy it. I really don't. And before we get into it, let me just say this. Every time I talk about Will Levis, it feels like I'm criticizing him. And so I want to make one thing abundantly clear. I don't know Will Levis personally. I have no ill will about him at all. And I want to make that clear before we get into it. As a matter of fact, I actually like Will Levis. Let me explain why. One, he's a Connecticut kid from Connecticut. I'm from Connecticut. We got to stick together. By the way, you want to hear something crazy? And I'm not making this up. I was alerted that Will Levis, who grew up in Connecticut, Obviously, that's college basketball country. I was told that Will Levis is an occasional listener of the Aaron Torres podcast. Will, if you're listening, I love you, buddy. Shout out UConn. Well, shout out Connecticut anyway. I know you're a, a wildcat. So he's from Connecticut. He reportedly, according to somebody who reached out to me on social media, said that he listens to this show. And then on top of that, I think he has kind of gotten a raw deal because I think it's easy to look at, at, at what happened last year without any context behind it. And when I look at Will Levis, listen, it was not a great year, but the O-line was terrible. He obviously lost Wandale Robinson, his best wide receiver. The offensive coordinator was terrible. It was one and done for Scagnarella, who got got booted out of there to bring back Liam Cohen. And so I, I do think that it is probably unfair, the criticism that has been heaped upon Will Levis. And then, of course, it just comes down to people think he's overrated. He doesn't deserve to go number one overall. I'm not here to say who should or shouldn't. I just don't know that I believe this rumor that became so fascinating and so interesting to watch unfold on Tuesday morning. First of all, uh, you know, why I don't really buy it. And I'm going to give you who I think and what the order will be uh, at the end of this segment. But why I don't buy it, one, is because of where, the, where, where this all started. Now, I don't believe that it totally all started from a Reddit message board rumor, but that did play a role because on Reddit, I think it was late Monday night, a, a user put out this statement on Reddit. He said, Will Levis is currently plus 4,000 to be the first overall pick. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he's telling friends and family, Carolina will in fact take him on Thursday. You're welcome. So the, the Reddit message board probably led to some of this coming out in the manner in which it did. Um, 
But at the same time, uh, and I, I think, by the way, this is part of why I don't believe it. One, yes, it did probably. It was heightened by the, the Reddit message board. I do think if you go back to the last NBA draft, remember, it was around this time that all of a sudden a bunch of money started coming in on Paolo Bancaro to go number one overall when everyone had projected Jabari Smith. So everybody is trying to make sure they don't lose, you know, they, 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 get, they didn't take advantage of the opportunity with Paulo Bancaro. They want to take advantage of it here with Will Levis. But part of it is, in fact, that it did come from an anonymous Reddit thread. Beyond that, in terms of why I don't buy it, there's no, like, like my whole thing is, listen, again, it's not whether I want Will Levis to go number one, whether I don't, whether I like him, whether I don't. What I would say is that, that while this is a very interesting odds shift, what I would also add, it doesn't really line up with any piece of actual information that we have. What information do we have? Well, I brought it up a minute ago. One, Bryce Young canceled all of his visits two weeks ago. Let me ask you a question. Let me just be basic and ask a simple question. If Bryce Young or his representation thought there was any chance at all that he would not be going number one, do you think he's canceling visits? Do you think he's not flying out to meet with as many teams as possible to put themselves in the best position? By the way, if you thought Carolina was going to trade that pick, wouldn't you be meeting with other teams? And that's the other piece of information that feels important here. I've said it since the day that Carolina traded for that pick from Chicago. I said, you do not trade up to number one if you do not know who you are taking with that pick. It does not happen. It does not happen. You don't trade that pick if you don't know who you want. So I believe they've always known who they wanted. I believe it's Bryce Young. And I believe the fact that Bryce Young has canceled all of his other visits. That tells me Bryce Young is going to Carolina. Finally, what I would just say beyond all of that is that, like, this is something, like, like it does drive me a little bit crazy. Like, like why I don't believe it, and, and this is, like, important, is because we go through this every year with the NFL draft. Every year, crazy stories pop up at the last possible second. By the way, if I'm wrong, you know I'll be leading Friday's show by saying, wow, I whiffed on this Will Levis thing. And by the way, I, I still have Will Levis going in the top five. We're going to get to my top five in a minute. But we see this all the time, and I talked about it a few weeks ago. Every year, there's one guy that we're sold. Oh, I mean, people love him, and people this, and people that. And then it comes to be draft time. What happened last year with Malik Willis? He went in the third round. Desmond Ritter, third round. Kenny Pickett, late first round. There's other examples in recent years. Every single year we hear these rumors. I'm just one of those people. I don't really get mad at much. I don't get annoyed. Mad's not the right word. I don't get annoyed by much. I get annoyed when we see the same thing over and over and over and over and over and we pretend like it's new, right? I'll just give you an abstract example from another sport. Like every time Kyrie Irving gets traded and people are like, well, you know, I mean, well, Kyrie with Luka, well, Kyrie with KD, I'm excited. No, we have a 10-year track record that says Kyrie Irving's a mess and he's going to ruin any franchise he goes to. And it's the same here. We have like a 30-year track record that right before the draft, all these rumors leak, all these crazy things happen, the internet, message board, gambling markets. So... Do I believe that Will Levis is going number one overall? I don't. As I said, it is no ill will. If he goes number one, nothing but the best. He'll be number one. Connecticut kids stand up. I'll be number one. No, I'm not really number one in anything, but I try really hard. Anyway, I don't think Will Levis is going number one overall. 
but I think it was a fun story to talk about on on Tuesday. Really quick, by the way, since I don't think Will Levis is going number one, it's time to put my money where my mouth is, okay? So I want to go through. I'm not going to do the whole top 10 or a mock draft or anything like that, but I am going to give you how I believe the top five in the draft will go. And by the way, tag me, make fun of me, own me if I'm wrong on this. This is my top five in in my order of the NFL draft. Number one, do, 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 do. You know, we're going to get a producer for the show of the offseason. We'll get some real music graphics going, real music beds going. It's just going to be Torres going, do, 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 do. All right. Number one, first pick, NFL draft. The Carolina Panthers select Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. This one doesn't need an explanation. I just said it. Bryce Young canceled all of his visits. Bryce Young, um, he's been the guy. He's always been the guy. He's the most complete quarterback. I know he's small. Of course, he can be injury ravaged, but anybody can be. Bryce Young is your number one overall pick. Second pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, in my opinion, this is what they do. They draft Will Anderson, defensive end, Alabama. And here's why. Let me explain. I said this a few weeks ago, and I'm not trying to be stubborn about this. I truly believe it in my heart, okay? D'Amico Ryans is the new head coach in Houston. He comes from San Francisco. That's important for a reason I'll get to in a minute. But the most important thing about D'Amico Ryans is that he has a six-year contract. This is not Lovey Smith a year ago. This is not David Culley two years ago. This guy has a six-year contract to figure things out and get it right in Houston. And so if he doesn't love Will Levis for whatever reason, if he doesn't love C.J. Stroud for whatever reason he has two tests, then why is he going to force it? And why not take the defensive player that could be a difference maker right away from day one and be a multi-time pro bowler, which is exactly what Will Anderson is going to be. And so I look at D'Amico Ryans. Remember, he came from San Francisco. What did I just say a minute ago? Came from San Francisco. That's important for this reason. How many times have they built... San Francisco's entire thing is, we're going to build the most complete roster in football, and as long as we're not paying our quarterback, we can be elite at the on the edge with Nick Bosa. We can be elite at linebacker with Fred Warner. We can be elite at corner and offensive line and whatever. Why wouldn't D'Amico Ryans take that blueprint to Houston? Get his Nick Bosa and Will Anderson. I'm not saying Will Anderson will be Nick Bosa, but he could be some facsimile of it. Get Will Anderson. Good to go on defense. And then, as I said, by the way, next year, get the number one pick, draft Caleb Williams. Get the number two pick, draft Jarek May. That is my pick at number two. Number three. We have a trade. Okay, so here is the deal. Arizona is on the clock at number three. And when C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson are still on the board at number three, guess what happens? Everybody calls them. Everybody goes after their QB of choice. And Arizona ends up trading that pick. That pick is C.J. Stroud, number three overall. The Ohio State quarterback is off the board at number three. Don't know who it is. My hunch would be Vegas. I've been told Vegas loves C.J. Stroud. And I 
I, I don't think the S2 stuff is great. That's the, the cognitive test that he did not do well on. Bryce Young, by the way, had a record setting. I think it was a 98 out of 100, which is the highest they've ever recorded. But I look at the situation. I think C.J. Stroud, the, the Texans might not be sold, but somebody will be. C.J. Stroud comes off the board at number three. Arizona trades out of the top five. Number four, do, 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 do. Indianapolis Colts. This is where I think Will Levis goes. And I, I, I just think, look, the Colts need a quarterback. The Colts are not the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are in the very early stages of a rebuild. The Colts have been through one quarterback after another, after another, after another, after another, after another, and they haven't gotten it right. Phil Rivers took him to the playoffs, then he retires. Um, Jacoby Brissett there for a minute. Matt Ryan for a minute. Carson Wentz for a minute. They got to get stability. And even if Will Levis is the right guy, is he not the right guy? They can't afford to not take a quarterback. Will Levis is off the board at number four. And then finally, number five, Jalen Carter, Georgia. Listen, Pete Carroll is a defensive guy. They have their quarterback. They made the playoffs with Geno Smith. I don't think Geno Smith is the long-term answer. Obviously, he's over 30 years old. But remember, Seattle has a late first-round pick that they could potentially use on a guy like Hendon Hooker. And Pete Carroll is a guy that, that loves the defensive side of the ball. That's his area of expertise. And then on top of that, remember, he's not afraid to take a risk on a high upside guy. So Jalen Carter goes number five overall in my mock draft. My final top five, Bryce Young at number one. Will Anderson at number two, CJ Stroud at number three, Will Levis at number four, Jalen Carter at number five. And I'm not going beyond that because I think we could start to get some trades and some craziness there. Tennessee, if they're not the ones that trade up to number three, they're going to need a quarterback potentially to play, replace Ryan Tannehill. So there's a lot going on in the top 10. All right, so what I want to do, I want to take a quick break. When I come back, speaking of a lot going on, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, Colorado, 20 Two players have entered the transfer portal since Saturday's spring game. 46 players overall since uh, since since he got the job. It is insanity there. We're going to discuss that next. Also, more bad news for Alabama basketball. Take a quick break. Be right. All right, we'll get back to the show in a minute. But before we do, I want to welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook in the Betfred Sportsbook app. The NBA playoffs are here, and nobody has you covered quite like Betfred. By now, you know Betfred's story. Started in 1967 in the UK, over 1,200 shops in the UK. They have since come to the United States and made a major splash. They are not only the presenting sponsor of the Aaron Torres podcast and all things Aaron Torres media, but also the Cincinnati Bengals, the Colorado Rockies, the Denver Broncos. And what I love about Betfred Sportsbook is that nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred. You've seen the Betfred Sportsbook suite at Bengals games. It is hopping. We have sent listeners of this show to Denver Broncos VIP tailgates. Betfred betters have thrown out first pitches at Colorado Rockies games. Again, nobody takes care of you like Betfred Sportsbook does. And here is what they are doing for the NBA playoffs. How about this for a deal? Bet $50 on any game, all playoffs long, get up to $1,111 in free bets. Here's how it works. Download the Betfred Sportsbook app, bet $50 on any game. You automatically get $111 in free bets. But beyond that, here is what else Betfred does for you. They're going to give you up to $200 in insurance for the first five weeks that you're a Betfred customer. So 
Maybe you make a bad pick. We all do. We've all been there. Trust me. You followed my picks in March Madness. It happens. So you bet 200, doesn't work out. Get 200 insurance for the first five weeks that you are a Betfred customer, equating up to $1,111 in free bets thanks to Betfred. Again, nobody takes care of you like Betfred does. Love working with them. They are the presenting sponsor of the Aaron Torres pod. Tell them Torres sent you. Download the Betfred Sportsbook app right now. All right, everybody. I'm back. Going to be back. Going to be back. Do want to switch gears. And I swear, the plan every time that I prepare an Aaron Torres pod is not always to talk about Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, and Colorado football. But then a funny thing happens. The man is a content machine, and he just creates narratives whether we intend to talk about him or not. And so I bring it up. This is now the third time in four episodes that we're talking Colorado, but how can we not after the week um, that has unfolded over the last couple of days? And if you listen to Monday's Aaron Torres pod, you know, like we, we did talk a little bit about the spring game on Monday's show. Uh, and we hit on a lot of different things, you know, the stuff that you would expect. How did the team look? Shador Sanders, his son, the quarterback. Uh, we talked about the offense. We talked about the show, the spectacle that was Colorado spring football. But at the same time, we also talked about a, a couple of different guys, including a player named Montana Lemonius Craig. If you remember that name, he was the spring game MVP for Colorado. He had two touchdowns, had about 150 yards receiving. He was all over Sports Center and social media. And oh my God, this is the breakout star of spring football. Robert Griffin III is raving about him. And so I bring it up because after the spring game, we started to sit there and say, well, wait a second now. Yeah, this team is going to be about who Coach Prime brings in in the portal and who Coach Prime brings out of the high school ranks. But there might actually be some players left over that can contribute this coming season. So what happened? Of course, literally what? About an hour after I hit publish on Monday's episode, log into social media. What do you see? Montana Lemonius Craig, MVP of Colorado Spring Game. I yet. He's hitting the transfer portal. And for those of you who thought it was a one-off weird deal, what does it mean? Uh, Apparently not that much. Because how about this? As I record here on Tuesday night, it's about 7 o'clock Eastern time. Colorado has had 22 – first of all, 18 players have entered entered the transfer portal on Monday. I believe the total is 22 as I record it. I'm sure it's going up since the spring game on Saturday – So unbelievably, just since the spring game ended, we're talking about a quarter of the roster, assuming they had 85 scholarship players, which they didn't, a quarter of the roster has already hit the portal. Oh, by the way, in total, the number is somewhere in about the 33-person range to hit the portal since April 15th, not that long ago. And the total is well over 40, about 45 or 46 players who have entered the transfer portal since Coach Prime took over in December. And so I bring it up because what did I just tell you a minute ago? This man is an absolute content machine. And I got to be honest, I think the most fascinating question in college football right now, is this going to work? Is it not going to work? And what is this going to look like at Colorado over the next four or five months? Now, in terms of why, I, I think there's two solid camps. There's like one camp that's like, this is, what you need to do. There's another camp that's like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. So let's get into both sides. And let me start with the side that's very pro. Hey, get these kids out of here. 
And part of the re- like, like, like the argument for this is what Coach Prime has to do. I think it really rests on a couple things. One, Colorado wasn't very good last year. Colorado was one in eleven, and I think most people kind of just sit there and say, "Well, if they were one in eleven, they weren't very good. They don't have very many ball players. They don't have very many dudes." Clean out the house, start over, bring in guys that are difference makers. And if that's your argument, I can't really argue with it. One in eleven, but how about this? They weren't just bad. They were like abominable pretty much everywhere, okay? I looked it up just to make sure I remembered correctly. They finished, how about this? 127th out of 131 teams in scoring. So 127 out of 131, they averaged about 15 and a half points per game. 15 and a half points per game in the modern spread tempo world. They also, by the way, finished second to last in college football, last in the power five in total defense. So it wasn't just one position. It wasn't the run game or the pass game or the pass defense or the run defense. They were pretty much universally terrible across the board. So that's the first argument as to why you get rid of clean house. Whatever. You're one in 11. Everybody's terrible. Get them out. Bring in guys that, that can make a difference. The second thing that I think stands out in terms of why this sort of makes sense and why I get it is that like Coach Prime literally said this was coming. But like that, hey, some of y'all got to get in the portal. And I've talked many times about the um, the speech that he made when he accepted the job in December. I'm bringing my own luggage and it's Louie. But here's the thing. I'm not even talking about that speech when I talk about Coach Prime and I talk about, um, you know, I talk about the idea of him discussing publicly the need for some of y'all to get out of here. Because here's the thing. On Tuesday, maybe Monday, I don't even know. We got film of Coach Prime's pregame spring speech on Saturday. And you know what he basically said? He said, some of you guys have fun because you're not going to be here on Monday. Here is the exact quote from Deion Sanders to his team before the game. He said, some of you stop this false sense of reality that you think you're at. Ask your coach. I want everybody to stop by their coach's office or on the field. Coaches, give them a minute of peace. I want you to ask them. Give them a minute a piece, I should say. I want you to ask them, coach, where do I sit? And I want you to be honest, not to hurt their feelings because I don't believe in that. I don't want to hurt their feelings. Just let's be honest. If I'm not honest and it hurts your feelings, that's on you. That's not on me. I have to be honest. That's my deal with God. And so first of all, I've said this many times, like, like credit coach prime, right? Like, like, like this is the world we live in. And I, I, I have much less sympathy about all of this now because this is big boy college football. And I've been told for years it's a business. And I've been told for years that the players need to treat it like a business and the players need to do what's best for them and they should be able to transfer when they don't want to, when they're not happy. And that's fine. I'm told the players need to cut to the pie and they do, they deserve it. But if we're going to professionalize college sports and if we're going to give the players more money, which they deserve, and if we're going to allow them to leave when they want, let's also have an honest conversation about the opposite spectrum, which is, You're now getting paid something, most of you. And on top of it, you can leave whenever you want. So if it works that way, it's got to work the other way too. And I give Coach Prime credit for just being so honest about it. And so why I can't freak out about 40-plus players hitting the portal on Monday and Tuesday, well, 40-plus over the course of his four months on the job, is because this is all very clearly part of his plan. Maybe one or two guys he would have liked to see stay, But for the most part, he told them before the spring game, y'all got to get out of here. So there's that part of it. And the other part that I keep going back to, 
And when Coach Prime got hired, I talked about this a lot, is that I do think, I, I remember I remember talking about this when he got hired. Like for everybody that thinks, oh, this is so crazy. It's, this is exactly what Coach Prime did at Jackson State. And I've said it before, but Barstool Sports did a very good documentary following Coach Prime around his first year at Jackson State. I watched most of it, and I remember watching it, and it was jarring because he did this exact same thing when he got to Jackson State. There was just not as many people paying attention. And he basically walked in the first meeting. He said, y'all weren't very good. Some of y'all aren't committed to football. Some of y'all too busy chasing girls, doing this, doing that, partying, having a good time. We're about football in this building, and we're focused on football. And those of you that don't fall in line with me, you got to get the heck out of here. He did it at Jackson State. There just weren't as many cameras. People weren't watching as closely. But they're watching now, and that's why I can't have a problem with it because he has a plan, and it worked at Jackson State. As I've said many times, last two years, he was 23-3 and as the head coach at Jackson State. At the same time, I will say, you know, this is some high-risk, high-reward stuff here, and it's only fair if I'm going to criticize, you know, if I'm going to credit or, or at least acknowledge the part where, hey, some of these guys just aren't good enough. I also got to acknowledge this is a very dangerous game and let me explain why. It really, the, the, the only reason that I'm sort of against this kind of wholesale change, it's just a numbers game, right? Like college football, more than maybe any other sport, it's a numbers game. You got to, everyone gets 85 scholarships. You know how in college basketball, sometimes now in this portal era, most schools don't even fill all 13 scholarships. They'll have 10 or 11 guys. College football, you need all 85 of those bodies and I just don't, are you going to be able to get enough high quality bodies in before the end of this portal cycle, before the end of the summer in time for fall camp? And I understand that they've signed a million transfers and they're bringing in a, a, a pretty extensive high school and junior college class. But I look across college football, numbers are the key to everything. Filling out all 85 of those, those scholarships just to have bodies for practice, just to have bodies when injuries inevitably hit. Like, this is an important part of college football history. Like you, you look at certain teams right now. I'll give you an example. Texas A&M. I know everybody likes to crush Jimbo Fisher and he's terrible and he's the worst. What I can tell you is their first 22 this year is about as good as anybody's in college football. Not saying they're going to beat Alabama. Not saying they're going to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. That first 22 is really good though. The problem with A&M is obviously the offense, but then two, they don't have much depth, and AM fans will tell you that. Like, we need bodies. I was thinking about this. Remember when Lane Kiffin took over at USC and Pete Carroll had been the head coach and they were great forever? And then they got crushed by scholarship sanctions. What ended up happening? The frontline guys were good. Go back to look at those USC teams Matt Barkley, uh, Robert Woods, Marquise Lee. They had a lot of really good players. They just didn't have enough bodies. And by the end of the year, they got worn down. Now, I understand there's a difference between USC coming out of the Pete Carroll era versus uh, Colorado coming out of the Carl Durrell era. But that's what worries me. And I understand the portals in play, but I'm here to tell you, I follow this portal stuff, man. I don't know if there's enough difference-making dudes to, to, to fill out this roster. Like, 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 even if you get a disproportional amount of them, even if you do, look, like it's it's going to be hard to find guys that are good enough to play at this level and enough of them. Because remember, first of all, you're not going to get everybody. I mean, the same guys that you want, probably pretty much everybody else does. Alabama has holes to plug. USC does. UCLA does. Oregon does. Washington does. Whatever. 
But two, even if you get a disproportional amount of them, there's just not that many impact players in the portal right now. Trust me, I'm following this thing as closely as anybody. We have our transfer portal tracker at AaronTorresOnline.com. I mean, the number of like difference-making dues, it's just not that many. And so I look at this, and I'm fascinated to see how it all unfolds. Because do I believe Dion can, Coach Prime can eventually get to like 85 scholarships? Yeah. Do I think they're probably going to be better than people think next year? I really do. But this is some high risk, high reward as we have what? What did I say? 45, 46, 47 players now in the portal from Colorado. All right, finally, there is one more story out of the world of college sports that like, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least touch on before we get out of here. Uh, And unfortunately, it's not as fun as uh, deciphering message board, Reddit rumors, or talking Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, Colorado, and the greatest rebuild that we've ever seen in an offseason. It's serious, and it involves the University of Alabama and its basketball program. And before we get to what happened on Monday, well, really over the weekend, the news came out on Monday. Like, it is worth at least acknowledging all of the good, but also the bad that came with Alabama basketball over the last couple months. The good, incredible team, incredible program, incredible season. Second SEC regular season title in three years. Second SEC tournament title in three years. First time ever they were the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. And while it ended in the Sweet 16 and you want it to be better, it was, for so many reasons, like an incredible season for Alabama basketball on the court. Unfortunately, as we all know, it was also very much marred by an off-the-court situation. And by now, you know all the details. I don't need to give you every single thing that happened piece by piece, frame by frame. But a player on the Alabama basketball team named Darius Miles is alleged to have been involved in the murder of a woman on campus named Jamia Harris. And of course, the star basketball player on the team, Brandon Miller, is the person that reportedly brought the gun that led to the murder. Those are the details that we have right now. I'm not saying everything is case closed, case shut. It's all alleged. I get all that. But it was a bad look for Alabama, and it was especially a bad look because Brandon Miller essentially received no punishment. Didn't miss a game, didn't miss a practice, didn't miss anything. And I know we have Alabama fans that are going to listen and say, oh, why would he be suspended? He didn't do anything wrong. As I've said many times, listen, NATO, let's run your program how you want. I think the smart move would have at the very least been as the investigation was ongoing, have him sit for a game or two till he's not a suspect. But the way it came out, it was a bad look. Don't think Alabama handled it well. Don't think Alabama handled it well. If you disagree, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. But why I bring it up is is just because of the fact that, like, um, it was a a story that took over college basketball. And then, unfortunately, we got a weird, sad, disappointing follow-up to this on Saturday of this week. That's because we found out on Monday that on Saturday, about five, six, you know, four days ago now, whatever, a recruit, an Alabama recruit named Jaquan Walton, committed to the school, a transfer from Wichita State, was pulled over on campus. He was visiting campus. I believe it was for the A-Day spring game. Pulled over with a friend. What ends up happening? They find a, a lot of marijuana in the car, and they also find a gun. And so... Safe to say that it's not a very good look for Alabama basketball, although it is worth noting two things. One, as any Alabama fan will tell you, and as we learned in the Brandon Miller situation, carrying a gun without a permit is not a crime. The kid was arrested. It was for the marijuana possession, class B fel- uh, class B misdemeanor, excuse me, 
not, you know, it's a fine, it's not jail time, it's not whatever. And by law, you can carry a weapon without a permit. So that's one. He did not get arrested for guns, nothing like that. And two, you know, I guess we got to give Nate Oates a little bit of credit because as soon as this came out on Monday, um, he did release a statement saying Alabama is no longer recruiting Jaquan Walton and he will not be a student athlete at the University of Alabama. Now I could pick apart that a little bit. I mean, you, you, you're not recruiting him. He he was done. He committed. You did the graphic. The school announced it, everything. So at the same time, while, you know, let me just say this. I'm not going to go too hard. I'm not going to crush Alabama. Let me just say this. It's just a bad look, okay? And I will give Nate Oates a little bit of credit. One, he threw him off the team. And two, like it is worth noting, he he was not a player on the team. He had committed. He's from Alabama. He was on campus. Um, I'm not trying to give Nate Oates a pass here, but, you know, probably doesn't know the kid that well. Um, And I do think like in recruiting, like you're trying to get the kid to come there. You're not trying to scare him away. So you're probably not, talking about all the things that you can't do. Hey, don't bring a gun. Don't do this. Don't do that. But it is a like, we also can't deny it's just a really bad look, right? You have a player that is alleged to have murdered somebody that has been involved in a murder on campus. Now he didn't pull the trigger, but he was there. Darius miles. And then from there, Brandon Miller is alleged to have brought the murder weapon to the scene. That's awful. And for less than three or four months later to have a second gun incident with a player that might not have technically been one of your players, but is still set to be a member of the Alabama Crimson Tide, it's just a bad look. And so again, I know in recruiting, you're not going to sit there and tell a kid, hey, um, this is our NIL opportunities. This is how we plan on using you. Uh, you can win an SEC title. You can compete for a national championship. And oh, hey, oh, hey, by the way, no gun policy on kid. Like, like you're not going to do that. But I do think Nate Oates, when his kids report back in the end of May, you got to lay down the law, man. Listen, I've been a Nate Oates defender, like, like maybe not a defender, not after everything that happened, but like, I like Nate Oates. I think he's an insanely talented basketball coach. But to have this incident happen a month, two months, three months, whatever it is, after the last one, it's just a bad look. And so if you're Nate Oates, three new assistant coaches, I think you got to sit down with your staff and say, like, these are the ground rules. And it's zero tolerance. Like, you know, you can have tolerance for whatever you can't have tolerance for guns not after what just happened and i know it's not against the law and i know it's actually weirdly in some cases not even against school policy but this is just such a bad look for a great basketball program and a great basketball coach and i think when he gets back to when he gets his kids back to campus in may you gotta lay down the law and you gotta let them know man we just can't have this guys we just can't have this all right, I think that's it for this episode of the Aerator Sports Podcast. It is time for me to get out of here. Before we get out of here, I want to remind everybody, make sure you're subscribed to the Aerator Sports Podcast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure to subscribe. Also, make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media, at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram. Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. We will be back on Friday reacting to the opening round of the NFL draft uh, and whatever else happens. It's been a crazy April, so we'll see what happens. Maybe Hunter Dickinson commits by then. Hopefully nothing bad happens, uh, you know, like this Alabama situation to end the show. But that's all for today's show. Time for me to get out of here. Appreciate everybody's support. Time to go. Shout out to Torrent Crane. 
Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Reddick, you F it. Unblock me, bro. I'll be back on Friday. New episode, Aaron Torres.